The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. What do you think God might be telling us as individuals and the whole world right now in this time in our history? What one message do you think God wants to get through to everybody in all the craziness that's going on? All the, the difficulties and the challenges, the locking up of our churches because we can't go near each other, being quarantined in our homes and all the other effects that the pandemic is having on us. Economic effects, the effect that fear is having on us, the hardships it's causing to businesses and maybe our own income. And of course, being worried about our health and the health of our loved ones. And then there's the rioting that's going on. You know, it just seems like one thing after another and as the pandemic starts to calm down, and the restrictions start to ease up, the rioting explodes out. And this too shall pass, but what's going to come next? God's trying to get our attention. He's trying to get the whole world's attention. What do you think he's trying to say? Several years ago, the Lord drove home to me the message that I believe he is trying to say to the whole world right now. I had traveled to Rome on a pilgrimage. And at the end of that trip, I was going around visiting some of the special sites, the churches, the catacombs, and so forth, with a good friend of mine, Father Joseph Kimu from Malawi. One of the things that was so special, so precious about that experience was that he had connections in the Vatican offices, and through those connections, he got us a very close seat to the Pope, during the Papal Mass out on St. Peter's Square. After Mass ended, it was mayhem there. I mean, the crowds were so thick. And Father Joseph, he was leading me to where we needed to reach next. I had a hard time keeping up with him. The crowds were pushing against me. The crowds were going every which way, and I needed to follow Father Joseph. I was so scared of losing track of him and him not noticing that I wanted to make sure there was no space between him and me for anybody to get in. Nobody could come between us because if anybody got between us, I might end up veering off in the wrong direction. I might get shoved off into the wrong direction. So I stuck so close to him that I nearly had my toes on his heels. I almost tripped over him and I could see the hairs on the back of his neck. 
And as I was focusing on the hairs on the back of his neck so that I could stay so close that nothing would interfere with me following him, I heard Jesus tell me, this is how close you are to stay to me. That changed my life. That changed my perspective. From then on, I'm like, yes, yes. I had already wanted to do that, but boy, was that really driven home to me through that example, through that experience. We need to stay so close to Jesus, following him so closely that we can see the symbolic, you know, the figurative hairs or the visualization, you know, if we visualize Jesus with our imagination, the hairs on the back of his neck. We need to be so close to Jesus, following him, that there is no room for anybody or anything to come between us no way for anybody to shove us deliberately or accidentally in the wrong direction. That's how we are supposed to be living our Christian life. But have we? Or have we been very distracted by the news? Have we been distracted by the messages of the world? Have we been distracted by our goals, our agendas, and our desires? Things that are not God himself. God might use them. God might want to use them. But those things are not what we should be focusing on. Keep your eyes on Jesus is my lifetime motto. But stay so close to Jesus that there is no room for anybody or anything to get between you and Jesus. You know, nothing that's the way we need to live our lives. And to do that, we need to really, really and truly know what scriptures say, what the teachings of the church magisterium have been teaching us down through the years, what the catechism, which holds the teachings of the church magisterium, has to say. I mean, that's a thick volume and you can look up any topic and go from one point to another. There's footnotes to follow. There's cross-references to follow. It's an adventure. Use the catechism like an exploration. Start with the table of contents or the index. Even better yet, the index. Look up something in the index. Choose one of the paragraphs that it refers to. And as you're reading that paragraph and you come across a footnote or you come across a cross-reference, go over to that. That's following Jesus very closely. We learn from doing that. What are we learning when we are watching the television news? We learn some pretty scary stuff these days. A lot of it contradictory. A lot of it fake news. A lot of it scary news. A lot of it is pieces of news and only some sources bring it all together to help us get the full perspective. And when we don't have the full perspective, it's very easily to be misled. But regardless of what the news is saying, regardless of what the world is saying, regardless of what people tell us, we need to stay so focused on Jesus and our faith life, our faith growth, that nothing can come between us and God. God, I believe, is saying to the whole world through this pandemic and the riots and whatever's coming next, and I have a feeling there is something coming next. Earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, these could end up being included in the hard times that are yet ahead of us this year. 
It's not something to be afraid of if we are following Jesus closely. He's got your back. Jesus is at your side and Jesus is leading you forward. When you feel so surrounded by Jesus that nothing else can come between you and Jesus, you have peace, even joy in the midst of all the crazy stuff going on in the world. The joy that comes from knowing that you and Jesus are best pals. And no matter what happens, Jesus is going to help you through it. And Jesus will turn all things together for your good. Romans 8.28 No matter what happens, no matter how much you experience that's bad, Jesus is turning it around for good. Whatever obstacles seem to be in your path, Jesus is turning that into your good. Sickness, illness, suffering, unanswered prayers, Jesus is turning that into your good, your benefit. To discover those benefits, we need to be so closely following Jesus that we don't hear any other messages interfering with the message Jesus is trying to tell us. We see his solutions to problems when we put aside every other voice, every other source of messaging. We are securely protected by God as long as we stay that close to God, making him our top priority, keeping him our focus all day long. And when something fearful gets your attention, when something stresses you out, run back to Jesus. Get the eyes back on the back of his neck and the hairs on the back of his neck so that you can follow where he is leading and not let stress or fear come between you and Jesus. Jesus has healing for you in your stresses. Jesus wants to not only protect you, but heal you. Now we all have trigger points that the devil likes to take advantage of. Trigger points are our vulnerabilities that usually come from some kind of wound in our past. It could also come from somebody giving us wrong messages, what I call bad programming. But usually a trigger point is an emotional wound that has not yet been healed. It could even go as far back as when you were in your mother's womb. I know people who their parents didn't want them, but yet they were born and they suffered some anxiety and couldn't figure out why until the Lord revealed to them that they were suffering from their parents' rejection during their womb time, even though the parents accepted them after birth. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us know where our trigger points come from. Let me give you an example. Many, many years ago when my kids were young, we used to have play dates with a couple of other families. There were two or three other mothers and myself who gathered together some location where the kids could play. One of these mothers had a farm with horses and goats and stuff, and that was a very fun place for the kids to, to play together. On one of these visits, one of the women said to me in a very scolding tone, Terry, why are you being so selfish? And I'm going, what? I'm not aware that I'm being selfish. How am I being selfish? And she said, you're not offering to bring snacks to any of these get-togethers. 
I immediately wanted to cry, not because she was right, but because it was a trigger point for me. Something from my childhood triggered this. Now, the first thing from childhood that resonated with this situation was the fact that when I grew up, I was raised in an environment of if you invite people to your house, you serve them. You supply the food, the snacks, the the meal. When you're invited to their house, they supply the food. So I was invited to someone else's house and expected them to have the same beliefs that I grew up with regarding visits by guests. The second thing that hit me, and this was what was not so obvious until I asked the Holy Spirit, why do I want to cry? I mean, I got out of there so fast, you know, because I was, I didn't want to cry in front of these ladies and they were really saying this to me at the end of the visit anyway. So I got the kids into the car and I headed home and I was so hard trying not to just dissolve down in tears. I felt like being an emotional wreck. And I wondered why, why am I feeling that upset? All I really need to do is apologize and say, I'll bring the food next time. It's not that I wasn't willing to do that. It was just that something triggered me to want to cry. And as I asked the Holy Spirit what was going on, he brought to mind a memory in which I felt misunderstood by my parents and scolded for that misunderstanding. Now, my parents might have been very right in scolding me for that. But the point is, I felt scolded by my parents And with that, not understood, and with that, disrespected. And when these women said something to me in a way that really was more friendly than scolding, but my ears heard it as scolding, I felt like they were disrespecting me. Actually, what was happening was my inner child was still crying because mommy and daddy had scolded me. And I still needed to be healed of those times that were affecting me in the present, the childhood times that were still affecting me. So I did a visualization and I share this story as a recommendation, an idea for what you can do. And if you can't do this by yourself and if your wounds are deep, you really can't, then find a spiritual director who knows how to do inner healing or a priest or somebody who knows how to guide you through an inner healing. And I had been through some inner healings with my spiritual director and I had learned how to do this through those experiences. So as soon as I got home and had some quiet time alone with the Lord, I went through this inner healing visualization. And what I visualized was first my mom and then my dad coming to me and asking me why was I doing what I did that they scolded me for so that they would understand me. And I visualized them asking for forgiveness for coming on too strong, uh, forgiveness for scolding me, perhaps unfairly, in some cases, probably were unfairly, but certainly not in all cases. But nonetheless, the child in me at those moments had felt disrespected and unloved out of my ignorance, out of my childish foolishness, you know, but nonetheless, it still affected me. And so I pictured them coming to me for forgiveness, but, but, and here's the key, very important thing about an inner healing visualization. Jesus is the one who brought them to me and he oversaw the whole forgiveness thing. 
So first I pictured Jesus. Actually, let me step back. Before I even did that, I asked the Holy Spirit to come and anoint my imagination so that I could have a visualization that truly would make a difference, that truly would be anointed by God. So after I prayed to the Holy Spirit, then I said, come Jesus. And I visualized him. And it's important that when you do visualize something or someone that you get details. You think about the details. You notice the details. What was Jesus wearing? Was he smiling or not? And yes, he was smiling at me. And he was holding out his arms to be open to hug me. He wanted to give me a hug. And so I, in my imagination, ran to him for a hug. And I paid attention to what that felt like. What it felt like emotionally. What it felt like spiritually. What it felt like even with my face against his robes. And then... Jesus said, are you ready? And he invited my parents in one by one. And I asked Jesus to forgive them and said, I forgive them. When that was over, that trigger point was gone. It no longer bothered me when, yes, I still don't like to be scolded. Who does? But I don't want to cry about it anymore. I mean, I was totally healed. That trigger point was completely removed from me. Now, it's important that we get rid of trigger points. A trigger point is anything from our past that's still influencing our present in a way that takes our eyes off of Jesus and makes us feel frightened, hurt, rejected, abandoned. It could be anything negative, anything harmful, stressed out, panic attacks, anything. What triggers these emotional reactions? Something happens in your life or you see something in the news and you feel emotionally reactive to it, personally attacked by it, personally affected by news that might have happened to somebody else or news that talks about the dangers of the COVID virus, you you might get it or some other danger some other thing to worry about. If you are so close to Jesus that this news cannot get in the way of your relationship with Jesus, you're going to do okay, emotionally as well as spiritually. But if it does get in the way, it means you need a healing. It means you need to find that original source that's caused this trigger point. Now, it could be multiple sources down over the years that just reinforce something. So go back to the earliest memory that comes to mind after you ask the Holy Spirit to bring something to mind. And then bring in Jesus, give him a hug, let him hug you, and forgive those who you need to forgive. Because forgiving is not saying that what they did was okay. Forgiving is breaking the chains they have on you, the emotional chains. It is breaking you away from your trigger points. It is dismantling your trigger points. If we don't do that, we make ourselves vulnerable to Satan and his demons. Trigger points are known by the demons around us. You know, scripture says that Satan prowls around the world seeking the ruin of souls. Demons love our trigger points because that's where they can come between us and Jesus. That's where they can mess us up. That's where they can distract us. That's where they can even, in many people's cases, 
pull us so far away from God that we seek other solutions instead of what God's solutions are. Trigger points are often triggered, but not always, by demons themselves. It's a combination of a human factor being manipulated or taken, I won't even say manipulated. Circumstances can cause something, but it is when we have the emotional need and Satan, his demons, recognize that and they will take advantage of that. So that's another reason why it's very important to not let trigger points come between you and Jesus. Now, real quickly, I want to go through two other corollary messages that I believe God is trying to say through this pandemic and the riots and everything else going on. He is saying, lean more heavily on me. When he takes away everything, he's saying, lean more heavily on me. The people that you've been praying for, who they've left the church, they have not been following Jesus, they've gotten into the ways of the world, they're following the ways of the world. The people that you've been praying for, asking the Lord to help them get back to church, help them to turn to the Lord, help them to lean on him. The answer to your prayers may very well come when they hit rock bottom. And so as we suffer through these very difficult times that the whole world is going through together, God is saying, lean heavily on me and you'll be all right. I'm trying to get the attention of everybody else. I'm trying to get their attention so that they hit rock bottom and they turn to me and say, Lord, help me. He's trying to get their attention, trying to get them to lean on him. Think about the time you first started praying for somebody. Think about someone who you've been praying for because they've left the church, left the faith, or maybe never had it. The first time you prayed for them, what if Jesus had come in physical form and sat down next to you and said, are you willing to suffer for this prayer to be answered? Are you real willing to go through some hard times so that they hit rock bottom? Would you say yes? I think you would. I know I have had that conversation with God. We're going through that now. All of us together in the world, we're going through that. All of us who are faith-filled Christians following Jesus very closely or learning how to follow him more closely, we are learning something from it. And at the same time, we are going through it for the sake of those who need to hit rock bottom and turn to the Lord. So what God is saying, in addition to lean more heavily on me, he is saying, second thing is that's most important is, focus on your family. This is why when we don't have a church that's open to go celebrate mass in, our domestic church, the home, has become our primary place of worshiping God and our primary place of listening to the, the scriptures of mass and participating in the prayers of mass. Jesus is saying, focus on your family. See, what's happened down through the years is think about over the past few decades, how the family has gotten out of people's focus. More children have been raised by strangers, by people who are not part of the family so that both parents could work. And television has been used as a babysitter. And a lot of people have had 
no children or very, very small families so that they could pursue their own interests, their own careers, their, the, the materialistic things of this world, the bigger house, the extra stuff that they wanted to buy and not be burdened by children or not have the financial drain of more children. Satan's done a lot to break apart families, destroy families, and keep people from having families or from having bigger families. And as a result, we've got a lot of people today who are elderly who don't have children taking care of them in their old age. And that's a whole other topic, but we need to focus on our families. God wants to get our focus back on our family lives and how God wants us to live those family lives. And the third message is join with others who are faith-filled believers. You can't discern what the Lord is saying by yourself. You can't stay focused on the Lord and hear what he is saying to you and know what direction he's going in all by yourself because God created us to be part of community. We need to be in touch with, preferably in person, people who have the same kind of faith that we do or stronger people who can help us know what the Lord is saying. These ways are how we can stay much more focused on Jesus and lean more heavily on him during the tough times. So let us pray. And please, my friend, open up your hands to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to give you. Of course, he can give it to you without you opening up your hands. Don't take this literally. But symbolically open up your hands as a gesture because we pray with our bodies not just with our mouths and our minds we pray come holy spirit fill me come holy spirit renew me come holy spirit teach me come holy spirit you have my permission to change me come holy spirit help me to understand what comes between me and jesus Come, Holy Spirit, help me to notice what is coming between me and Jesus and help me to know how to get rid of those things, how to let them no longer push me away from Jesus, yank me or redirect me away from Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, help me to follow Jesus more closely. Amen. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders, or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.